Am I disturbing you? Yes. Good. You look like someone who wants to be disturbed. I'd rather be alone. Oh, no, you wouldn't. I beg your pardon? If you wanted to be alone, you would have stayed in your quarters. The only reason to come here is to be amongst people. Who, who are you? My name is Guinan. I tend bar and I listen. Hello and welcome back to the Lost in Sci-Fi podcast. I am the captain today. Yes, you uh, certainly I are. I am the captain, Leland, and here with... Number one? Sure. Number Yay. one, Elizabeth. <laughs> I, I, was just, I, was just, I was like, no, to say counselor is insulted. No, we wouldn't have done that. No. No. <laughs> I was thinking more doctor. Doctor could be good. I could be uh, chief security. I'd be all right with that. Would you, you know take the chief security position? Do you enjoy like fighting? Uh, you know what? In real life, no. But in my mind, I'm quite the badass. So that That's would fair. be cool. Yeah. So Elizabeth Wolf. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I will come up with a Klingon name later. Oh, good. Good. Um, I'll take it. So today we, uh, so every like we've said before in the past that we like to discuss uh, Star Trek at length. Yes. Um, I feel that sometimes our Lost in Sci-Fi should just be called Lost in Trek. <laughs> but we want to get other things in there. Don't want to pigeonhole No, ourselves. no pigeonholing yeah. at all. But yeah. Trek is, I mean, not to say that there isn't large volumes of other sci-fi things in the world. Right. But a lot of it is Trek. It is true. And being that we both love it so much that it is easy to fall back on Trek when exactly. we would like to. Exactly. And this year, because of the 50th anniversary of Trek, we did want to try and focus on some of our favorite ladies of the Star Trek universe. Uh, last time we did a three... Um, Three-person shot, I Yeah, guess. I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I want to say three-way. And I was like, no, no, that's not what that was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not quite. But, but, you know, there are fanfic writers who would take all three of those ladies yes. and put them in a three-way. Yeah, I don't want to there we go. Where we discussed uh, Balada, Ahura, and Tapal. Yes, I was going to say, who was the last one? I was, I was just like leaning. I'm like, who was mine? <laughs> Uh, and and that and we enjoyed doing that, and we're going to go back to the three act thing again soon. But we wanted to show some love to a, a personal favorite of ours. Uh, so today's episode is all about Guinan. Yes, uh, Guinan, who was uh, brought on second season of Star Trek: The Next Generation as the bartender mm-hmm. of Ten Forward, mm-hmm. the bar that was located on. Uh, deck 10. Yes, exactly. In the forward position. Exactly, because most people didn't realize that the bridge was that little tiny bit up in the I top. I never realized that. A lot of people didn't up until 10 forward came by. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, why would you put the bridge right on the top where you can get shot at? True, but I don't know. Why would you put it in the front where you could run into something? No, that's no, all fair. Yeah. It's all fair. <laughs> but, and then you, but then you think logically that, yes, that would be the best area for the bridge. Oh. But they do have... The battle bridge, which is within the ship itself. Always loved the battle bridge. Oh, the battle bridge was sexy. So awesome. So, Such so a great dark. Idea. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, I don't know why it's going to be dark during a battle, but. Because it's badass. Sure. It's and why awesome. Not? Yeah. Yeah. Or like when they did the. Uh, Anytime they do like an alternate universe, they yeah. always darken the bridge, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was nice because when we got to first contact, they actually made the bridge bridge look like the battle bridge. Because yes. I guess someone was like, you know, everyone really likes the battle bridge. <laughs> Let's show that a little bit more, um, please. And I did enjoy in Voyager when they would go to Red Alert, everything would go dark on the bridge. 
Yeah, and I'm wondering, I think that might actually be a thing. Well, I'm not in the military, so no, I don't know. Right. But you always, you see a lot of like military kind of battle rooms and everything, and they are kind of dark. Is it better to see the lights, the maybe, screens, yeah, maybe the lights are... less distracting, you know? Who knows? If you're in the military, please write yes. in. Let yes. us know why battle bridges are dark. All I have is my <laughs> friends who are computer programmers, and they like to work in the dark. They I really like to work in the dark, too, so it's, maybe it's just a personal preference. It might be, you know? <laughs> Shit, be serious. Let's, let's <laughs> Take lower the to, lights let's down. Lower to light. Bright lights do not work. Kind of like, you ever notice that we as people, maybe you don't do this, but I know I do, and I don't know why. When you're driving to a house that you maybe have never been to before, yeah. and you're looking for the address, you turn down the music. Yes, I I do. I totally why, why do. Why is the society do we do that? The because music, I can see better if I'm not distracted right. with my like, hearing, you know? I'm not listening for no. the numbers to be yelled out by some sort of, like, jockey on the street. No, you know? no but at the same time, I'm like, I must concentrate. Yeah, you know? I, every time I'm like, oh, new house, turn down the music. <laughs> Don't know why. No, it's a thing. It is a thing. And I've noticed a lot of people do it. And I'm always like, why, why do we do that? Like, who started that? <laughs> uh, anyway, back to Guinan, who is probably... My personal favorite Star Trek character, like I, I go between like about five of them, right, on a daily basis. Right, Picard <laughs> is always Picard very much in the running, always up there. Yeah, yes, yeah. But in later years, I've really come to really love Janeway in Seven of Nine. Sure. So, and then someone from DS Nine can bomb in there and out. Right. Uh, right. But like, Guyan is always usually in the top three, no matter what, right. to the point where I actively collected her figures yeah. which there are only three so it's not like i'm shooting for the moon here with like <laughs> no. 90 some odd figures but i refuse to buy them online okay and this is the challenge of myself at conventions is to find it's, the, the guy in figures it really is more fun that way you know it's like when i go to a used bookstore any of the books i'm looking for i could find them on ebay if i wanted to but that's not as much fun as finding yeah, it in person it you is know? i agree it's it's kind of like you're like well i got to go mm-hmm. i got to dig through things and that's all i did at the last at WonderCon yeah. was dig through tons and tons of star trek boxes yeah. found a lot oh i wanted them all <laughs> but like oh god i came across so many barclays i was like i don't oh. i don't need original barclay for my collection you know when we were talking about our figures you know the other week when we we had the discussion about you know different kind of figures and yeah. what the companies release and what they don't release i'm like really somebody thought we needed that many barclays out there well i mean they were all the same one yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, look i'm sure yeah. he, he had a numerous care uh episodes he was important to the canon mm-hmm. make a figure sure but clearly not a lot of people wanted the figure <laughs> no because way. there were so many. Oh, <laughs> it was like diving into Barkley. I was just like, this is, <laughs> was, a, sea of this is a lot of Barclays. <laughs> but Guinan is an Elorian who was created specifically for the show. Uh, this is not unknown that Whoopi Goldberg was a huge fan of the show. Right. Wanted to be on it and they thought she was kidding. Because she's a comedian and and she's an Oscar winner. Why would she? And at the time, people who were in film did not do TV. Right. That was considered like a blow to your career to have to step away from the film industry to go to television. She was really a pioneer in that kind of thing because now totally. everybody does it. Yeah, and now it's kind of like revered to be on television mm. where, oh, you're going to go lower yourself with a movie. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, oh, well, if you want to do just one And I think movie. that stems to the fact that just so many... TV has finally caught up to 
things that we can actually do mm-hmm. and TV's become good. Yeah. Not that it wasn't good before, but now it's really good. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she was friends with LeVar Burton and she was like, put in a good word for me and he did. And they still were like, for real? Yeah. So she's, I read an interview, she called Gene Roddenberry and was like, I'm a fan. You put the first black woman on TV that meant anything to me in my life. I want to be on the show. And they were like, okay. And they wrote her the role of Guinan, who apparently was supposedly supposed to be, the the role of the bartender was going to be, and this is quotes, the most beautiful woman in the galaxy. Interesting. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, because she's so beautiful, everyone just fumbles over and talks to her? Probably. I don't want to watch that. No, and I think somebody else must have realized that too because, you know, she is a beautiful woman, but that wasn't what her character was. But I love the fact that they they didn't feel the need to make her, like, the most glamorously beautiful, but she had this magnetic quality that everyone on the ship would want to talk to oh, her. Oh, yeah. And that came across so well in the episode. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Said. Yeah, yeah. But That's she also, she... like, opens people up. Yeah, know? I... There is there is not a single scene mm-hmm. that Guinan doesn't have that I am just eyeballs to the screen. Just kind of, like, hanging on every word. Even some of the lesser bad episodes. I'm like... This episode sucks. Oh, but here's Gaiman. Right, to and they, elevate right. this episode. And they never overused her. Because no. it was always, like, it wasn't every episode. And it wasn't, like, huge long scenes in most episodes. But I remember my sister and I watching this show and being like, oh, Gaiman's on this episode. You know, it was I something that I think it stems from to. the fact that, and this is uh, probably helpful, that because she was still doing movies. Right. So, like, her timing wasn't always the best. Right. So they're like, okay, we got Whoopi, like, Six episodes this season. Those are the probably the only six episodes you needed her in. Yeah. She comes in, she says what wisdom she imparts on, and then she leaves. Yeah. And and the sad part about her role, she kind of took over the counselor role. She did. And it kind of was a detriment to Deanna Troy's character in right. some aspects. Right. Because they still would show Deanna doing her counseling and doing her thing and... Touching her temple, saying, I sense things, Captain. And you're like, great. Awesome. But I wonder if the scenes had been replaced with Deanna imparting all this wisdom would have made her a better character. It would have, but it's also two different types of counseling. It is totally, yeah. yeah. Any bartender will tell you that they act as a counselor a lot of the time, but they're not... It's it's more laid back, less pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would be scared to go to a counselor, but they'll talk to a bartender. And that's what's really funny about in one of one of the episodes that uh, I think is profoundly guided good. That's mm-hmm. not a term, but we're going to go with yeah. it. Um, the episode entitled "The Loss," where Deanna Troy loses her powers. Yeah, and like Guinan's just like, well, if you're leaving. I could do your job. And Deanna's just like, well, I've had years of training, blah, blah, blah. She goes, clearly you don't care about all that because right. you're leaving. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll, I mean, I can make room in my schedule to be mm-hmm. a counselor. And, you know, and that's her way of like, you're not as feeble and useless right. as you think you are. And apparently from what I've read online and some other podcasts I've listened to have touched on this uh, actually quite recently, was that in the loss where Deanna... They were going to have her lose her powers for the whole season. Oh, wow. They didn't do that back then. Like, their very episodic wasn't kind of a thing. Like, 
they would occasionally mention Picard was taken by the Borg. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? You never they really knew the timeline. They were better than some shows yeah. about that, where there would, they would drag earlier knowledge into mm-hmm. the thing, when other shows wouldn't have done that. You know, it's one and done, and then yeah. we'll never discuss it ever and again. And that was the thing, is because the whole time she, you know, Deanna's complaining to everybody, oh, my powers, remember, you're like, yeah, but at the 42-minute mark, you're going to get them back. Right. Because right. that's how television is. Yes. But now, now, today, if they had filmed today, no, she would have lost her powers for a whole season. Exactly. Or forever. And that would have made such a, a dramatic change in her character that to have her be this betazoid that no longer is telepath, tele, <laughs> telepathic. <laughs> there we go. I was about to say, tell uh, what? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> you know, and now she has to rely on instinct and her training, you know, yes. where before she was probably just relying on her empathy. Right, and you got to figure, do all betazoids go into counseling positions? I'm sure they don't. Yeah. You know, because just because you can sense people's emotions doesn't mean you know what to say to them. And that's, that's what true. a counselor does. Yeah. So she had this training that she wasn't taking advantage of. So I think that's, I think that's a good episode as far as the Guinan-Troy relationship. Yeah. Other than that's a piece of crap episode. The yeah. A storyline isn't great. The B one isn't any better. And frankly, Deanna just rocks around being a scorpion the entire episode. Yeah. And then I remember there was another episode where Wesley was trying to talk to this girl, I guess. I can't remember. I think it was the one where... What was it? A, uh, an ambassador from another planet? And he was going to various people asking for information on how to talk to girls. Mm-hmm. He's in Tenford talking to Riker. And Riker's trying to give him some information, and Guinan's there, and Guinan and Riker have this flirty moment. Oh, it's fantastic. Moment. My God, when she's like, she actually tells Wesley, shut up, kid. Yeah. What's up, Riker? Tell me about my eyes. Yeah. And Captain yeah. and I she's are like, sitting tell there. me more about me. Yeah, he's <laughs> Captain and I are sitting there. We're like, yee, this is awesome. That was a He's just like, moment. hello. You know you? <laughs> that those two actors were just like, oh, let's have fun with this. You know? I, and that's a good, and that that episode also has, I want to say it's the same episode. It may not be. They, look, she was only on 23 episodes. Sure. You would think they'd be hard, I mean, easy to remember. But she had so many good episodes. But, okay, but at, the, at the end of the day, it's all the same thing. She it just kind of comes in. Yes. She says something awesome. Yes. And then we go about our business. Yes. And the episode uh, that I think... And one of them, Wesley is having this hard time about like, you know, this is my first broken heart, yada, yada, yada. And I remember like, Guy is just like, you're right. It hurts today. Yeah. But it won't hurt tomorrow. And it'll hurt less the day. I, you know, yada, yada. And she's yeah. kind of, and she goes on. I love it. She breaks it down. She's like, this is the first of many things that are going to break your heart in life. Yeah. But what makes you better is that you can handle them and stand up and learn from it. Yeah. And I was just like, these aren't, great drops of wisdom this is common sense things that is being cloaked by space yeah yeah (laughs) you know and and a hat and delivered (laughs) really really well yes and and that is a detriment nope not detriment um um, testament testament. yeah there we go that's a testament to whoopi goldberg just being an amazing actress Because she pulled it in a different direction, too. We got so used to seeing her as the calm, funny, sometimes snarky, sometimes serious, you know, just the bartender counselor of the ship. And then you have that first time she meets Q, and she is furious. Oh, my God. Yeah. Q Who, second season. Man. Not only is that a pretty great episode for... It's a pretty good Q episode. Yes. But it's a good Guinan episode for her one small, a couple scenes here and there. But it also introduces the Borg. Yeah. So it's like you get three giant stones thrown at you and it kills every bird in existence because yes. it's that awesome. But 
Yeah, and then Guinan, like, when she comes up from behind the bar and she does that, like, weird thing with her with hands. With her hands, with her hands, And yes. you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And she does nothing. And they don't explain. No. That's what I loved about Guinan is that in the end, we didn't always get too much of her history. Like, we never had an episode where we saw her as a little kid. No. You know? yeah. We don't learn tons of information. Like, you know, it took us forever to find out anything about her relationship with Picard. And that was a great, like, bit of mystery. Mm-hmm. So she sees, we have taken her so seriously, she sees Q and is so instantly on the alert. We're like, it just, it added such a chilling and it, aspect And it's, it's weird it. because it's a great scene, but it's also a scene that shows how they had not thought of her character in the future yet. Yeah. Like, there was nothing written in stone. Yeah. So when she when Q calls her an imp, and he's just like, he's like, I've had... De-, she says, we've had some dealings. And you're like, <laughs> what are these dealings? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it always implied, like, does she have powers? Does she not have powers? And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. No. But I think that, that why that scene is so fun is because we don't know anything. Exactly. And, it's, and, and then when, like... Later on in season five, which I, I've gotten a lot of shit for this, and I am a huge fan of the Time Zero um, parts one and two. Yeah. I think it's the season five to six finale in the beginning. Yeah, fuck, it's one of my favorite episodes. I will put that episode on just to relax. It's the one where they go back in time. Yeah, where you find Guinan has been in San Francisco in like the eighteen hundreds. Right, right, right. And you're like, oh, so she really old. She is, yes. And, and that's where, you know, I love the scene in the beginning where um, Guyan tells Picard, he's like, you have to go on the away mission. He's like, but I don't do that. And she's like, but if you don't go, we will never meet. Right. And it's so like, ooh, but why mystery. Would, but why would people give you crap about that? Because I, it's, just... I, I guess the idea of, I think part one is the solid episode. Yeah. I think season, I think I think part two is the one where people do like the idea of Data riding on a horse, a Wells oh. Fargo. Uh, what do you call it? a horse and buggy? Yes, and and them in the. I don't know. I, fuck them. I think it's a great. It's I want more Data exactly. riding on a horse and I never buggy. I have a problem with it. I mean, and I also accept the fact that whenever. They had a two-parter episode. The second episode was always the weaker of the two. Yeah, and, that's and that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I just, enjoyed that one. I love that episode. And I don't. I think it's because it's hitting all the beats that I enjoy in things. Yeah. I love time travel. I love Guinan. Yeah. I love Picard and Guinan. Did they, did, do yeah. people now, what is people's reaction to learning more information about Guinan? Because we always did like the mystery about mm-hmm. her. Did people not like the fact that we got a little bit more about her? And I don't they know. Were just but, like, but it was almost like very little bit we got. You got ten more questions. Exactly. Because was it she's been married? Uh, no, excuse me, divorced twenty three times. Right. And children a lot. Yeah. Well, you're like, oh, okay. Which, and if then, she lives that long. And yeah. then I cut this thing out of my latest action figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on this latest action figure, I got uh, they had one of those cut out origin things. Mm. I've never cut one of these out, but it was Guinan, so I had to. Yes. But basically it says her age seems to be at least half a millennium. Wow. That's old. That is really old. I don't know if I like her being that old. I don't know. I can handle it. I mean, the doctors, uh, when we first met him, was almost a millennium. I guess. So, I mean, she is this ageless wonder of sci-fi enigma that you throw in things like you never... There's always just like, oh, this is going to be a good episode. Oh, cool. Everything's going, oh, okay, so the Guinan wrench has now entered the piece. Because yes. either it's going to make it more thought-provoking mm. or it's going to change the dichotomy of what everybody's doing because right. she is 
said something or did something, you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like any of the conversations that she has with Picard in the episode Measure of a Man where they're deciding is Data enough or is he property? And right. they're having the whole allegory of slavery. And Picard just like, is that what we're discussing? And she's like, right now, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But is it? Yeah. And you're just kind of like, is it? Is it? <laughs> it like, is. You're like, Whoopi told me to look within. Is it? <laughs> and if Whoopi says to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, no, I want what the guy didn't do. <laughs> I want that. Yeah, I want that on a shirt. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now, she's had a lot of very interesting... Um, uh, what do you call them? Like, um, I don't want to say, no, I'll, I'll say friendships because there, there's certain people on board that we did not get a lot of interaction with her because you like, why would she talk? Well, not why would she, but there's no real call for her to interact with this particular character other than like the Picard friendship, which as they say, their friendship is beyond friendship, beyond whatever else. And you're kind of like, you guys doing it? <laughs> that like, was one thing. Yeah, yeah that's one like, thing I loved is that we loved Picard so much, and here's this great bartender character, and it gives us like a piece of his history without really giving us yeah. anything. And we're like, oh, it makes us like you more. It's just it's like, were you guys a, a thing? We don't know if you were a thing because she says she likes bald men, and you're just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then there's that Family Guy joke where he Stewie just like, were you in a guy? And he was all the time, and he's just like, yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but other than like Picard, like she has a. She has a somewhat very good, interesting relationship with Worf. Mm-hmm. They don't spend a lot of time together, but when they do, it's very important for both characters because Worf is not like he, he doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't get close to a heck of no. A lot of he's he he doesn't have like a sounding board. Mm-hmm. Like even when he and the Deanna relationship, which right. no one likes, right? It, it, even that was like. Mm. Yeah. I don't I don't like what's going on here. No. But at least then he had someone to talk to. True. You know, and he did ask Deanna to be, um, uh, whatever the Klingon word for godmother is, mm-hmm. to Alexander when he thought he was going to die. Right. So he does trust these people. Right. But there was a moment when, like, when Guinan gives him prune juice. Oh, I hated that scene. Really? You didn't like that? No, I just, but I don't know. It was like, well... I don't know. There was something about that scene. I can't. Do you, do you dislike prune juice? Is that really the situation? Also, I thought that any kind of like I don't know any kind of testament to what a tough person would like, and you know, it's like, well, you'll like this. It's prune juice. Ah, oh, this is a manly drink. Well, I'm I like, think that's why what? it's funny. Is that you know he's looking for this manly drink, and she's like, I think you might like this. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, it was funny how he like looked at it and he was so satisfied. He was like, yes, this is good. I don't know. There was something about that scene that's never been one of my favorites. I, I think I just like that she went out of her way yeah. to locate something that he needed. True. Um, I love the scene between uh, Worf's adopted parents and Guinan when she's just like, when he looks out towards the stars, he's not... His home is not the Klingon Empire. Yeah. He looks towards Earth. Yeah. And I love that scene because it's not... Because Worf has never expressed how much he cares for his adopted family. Right. But hearing that, they know that he does love them. They don't need to hear him say it. Yeah. But they know it. So it's like that small relationship between Worf, I think, was is was a good one. Now, him, her and Jordy had a very weird relationship. Yeah. But that was, I think, due to the fact that they were friends offset. Like, exactly. LeVar and Whoopi are friends. So, 
they had to have a relationship on the show, but I feel like a lot of their relationship on the show was mostly just Jordy not finding love. And well, that I, was the Jordy character all over yeah, the place. And yeah, and I feel so bad because I think Jordy was a great character. That, and he has said that he said this on the Nerdist podcast that he blames that. Not necessarily blames, but whatever a good word is that you don't want to say blame, yeah, yeah. but you mean blame. Sure. Uh, that he chalked it up to the fact that those writers did not know how to write black sexuality or black men. It's true. And you, and in, I, I don't, many times I've rewatched it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, he's right. I can definitely <laughs> see like, that. And, that, and he quoted that and I was just like, no, no, that's fair. It is. Because in so many other respects, he was such a great, I love oh, watching he's an amazing him, character. Watching him take command of an engineering room in the middle of a mm-hmm. disaster, loved it. He always pulled it off so well. Like, he didn't it was have believable. To, he, yeah, he didn't have to get mean or be an asshole or everything, but he was this strong, commanding presence out of a person who, when you first see him we wouldn't have thought that he yeah. just did it so well so it's just like so anytime i think of gaiman and jordy i always think of him asking relationship advice now i know that was not the only conversations no. they had <laughs> but the one that the big one that i always remember was in um i think it's i borg when Hugh was brought on board and they gave this borg um, not sentience individuality yes and he's just like you need to go talk to him and she's like why they killed everybody. Why would I waste my time? And yeah. he's just like, for someone as open-minded as you, perhaps maybe this is something you need to do. Yeah. You know. And she does meet him, and it changes her entire view of the right. board. I've always said that a bunch of times. It is so, I mean, you can think of yourself as an open-minded person. It's so easy to be open-minded about things that you already agree with. Yeah. And it's not until you're confronted with something, and then you just get all closed off. You're like, all right, this is probably not part of that open-minded thing. Like when it comes to their relationship and conversations, that's the only one I always ever remember, because it was the most powerful. Yeah. But I'm sure there was tons of times that we'd walk in on Guy and talking with Jordy about yeah. something. I feel like I really now, you know, just when we were talking about doing this podcast, I'm like, I want to go back and watch every single Guinan episode. You know, if there's only well, 23 hey, of yeah, them. Yeah, there's only know, 23. I can yeah, definitely I, knock that out. Yeah, it's well, a it's weekend. A, it's about a season worth of network television right that's there. True, so that's true. That's about, about it. it. You know, we binge watch that all the time. Uh, they did the, um, oh no, excuse me, 29 episodes. Oh, well. Divorce maybe, 23. My notes are sketchy. That, all <laughs> good. Well, maybe it'll take me a couple weeks. Yes. <laughs> but the, I like the... The, the they only had one interaction that I well they gave them a whole episode really and it's weird because it is considered it's not really a great episode but it's a good Dr. Crusher episode okay and it's great because I think Guinan elevates the episode slightly is that uh, Dr. Crusher is is called suspicions and she's trying to figure out what killed this person right. and she's going against everything she stands. You know, she does like a Ferengi autopsy when they're not supposed to do that. Right. But Guinan is keeping her going by, you know, dropping these things here and there. And what makes it, it's a, like I said, great episode for Dr. Crusher. Terrible Guinan episode because it's her last episode. Oh, because I it's that. her last episode in season six. They still had a whole season to go, but because Whoopi got busy with movies, yeah. they never could write her like an episode out. Yeah. So that's why she's got such a big role in the first movie. Yeah. Is that was their like, okay, we're making up for it here. Yeah. Which thank and, God. You and know? and we got more about her past. Yeah. You know, that she knew well, she didn't know them, but she was on the Enterprise B when it had all that drama. Yeah. And she was there when Kirk died. And yeah. she was the 
the anchor that Picard needed in the Nexus ribbon. Yeah. I'm saying things that are real, but to anyone who would not know what I'm talking about, this is all just words. It is. It's it random sci-fi but bullshit. Just, I, I, you just, I think about that first time we saw her in the movie and in the middle of all that chaos mm-hmm. and things and looking confused and it was a side of Guinan that we'd never seen before. Her also, she was lost. the first time she took off her hat and we were all like, oh, oh my God. So she has just normal head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, wow, we had no idea. She always suspected that. Like, hat. does she got a weird head underneath those hats? She always had the greatest hats. <laughs> they were they're so stupid. But man, do I love every single one of them. I, yeah, you know what? And that's it's funny because they were like, um, this is what early nineties, late late eighties, early nineties, yeah. And they fit in with the time, so I can never look at them and think they're dumb. I'm always yeah. just like, it's a guy in hat. You're just like, it's a big hat. It's an but awesome for her, it works. Like anyone else put that hat on, you're like, take take that off. No, you look no. stupid, Picard. Take off. That hat. <laughs> no, no, Picard needs to be bald. You know, Picard showed up for the audition with the toupee, I think, or, or yeah, they showed up they, with the toupee, they did yeah. different things, and they just were like, Mm-mm-mm. we like. Like, and you know, I want to. I want to put a pin in this. Just for, I just want to oh, say sure. this for Knock a second. Out. I realized the other day why I like Beverly Crusher so much. You know, obviously shipped her with Picard. I always loved right, like the right. hints of their relationship and that there might be. Might and not everybody be. else did too. Right. Yeah. But I love the fact she leaves the show. We get Pulaski, who I didn't like, but I also missed Crusher. But even in you know junior high high school, I knew from watching television when a character leaves. You're just gonna have to let him go, even if you're yeah. sad. And you just and then when she comes back, I'm like, I feel like I willed it to happen. I wanted her to come back so much, and she did. So I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Crusher. It makes me wonder. Like Pulaski gets a lot of hatred. Yeah. If we had started with Pulaski, would yeah. we have hated her as much? I don't think we would have. Be, I, or did we only dislike her because she took the place of someone we liked? I think that's partly, and also yeah. she was mean to Data. Yeah, that yeah, did not that... win her any favor. I'll be honest. I I don't dislike Pulaski. Yeah. I think she's actually got some very strong episodes, and yeah. she does some very interesting things. And I like the actress of yeah. Diana Mulder, yeah. I believe it said. Yeah. But she was mean to Data. And yeah. you're like, that's not... Why, why are you being a bitch to the fan favorites? Exactly. And that... When you think about it, it was a really brave choice on the writers. It was, it yeah. Was. That, like, to hey, not like, everyone's going to like this guy. Exactly, not every, and it's not like she disliked him. It was just more like, why is everybody? It's like being nice to your toaster, you know? Yeah, and that was the kind of how she reacted. And yeah. I love that, but I, but he did change her way. He, he did, by and the that end was of her arc. arc yeah. yeah, but I did like that when she was like, oh, data, and he's like, data, and she's like, oh, what's the difference? Well, one is my name, and yeah, one is not. not. Yeah. And she's just like. Oh, <laughs> I did. Now, I did read online, and I don't know how much fact there is of this, but I want to say I think it's pretty factual. Because as I've always said, if it's history online, probably incorrect. Right. But sci-fi things... Nerd usually, knowledge is, is on. Usually 99% Because the nerds will jump on you if you get a fact wrong. But, like, uh, there was a scene when... Um, Worf has the measles, the Klingon equivalent of the measles. Pulaski heals him, doesn't tell anybody. He considers that a great honor. So he does this weird ceremony with her, the tea ceremony. Yes. And she takes like a... um, a cure for it so that she can drink the tea properly because it's you know, it's uh, not great for humans. Right. Apparently, they that was supposed to be the setup of a Pulaski Wharf kind of thing. Really. And there and I thought about that like on, I was thinking on a long drive home from work. I was just like, I don't hate it. No. It's weird. 
It is definitely weird, but it would have been but so I, interesting. Exactly. And yeah. I'm like, and that's why I would kind of like to have seen that played out yeah. because it would have been very interesting. Here are these two people with a drastic age difference. Yeah. But two and species. And species. But and personalities. Kind yes. Of yeah. But seem to make it work in whatever weird way. I was yeah. like, I would like to have seen that kind of played out a little longer. Honestly, I think that's what they were going for with the Worf Deanna relationship. They're like, let's get two people who are very, very different and put them in a relationship that they make it work. But it, it wasn't as no, interesting. No, because it, because we've since episode one. Yeah. We're like, no, she's clearly going to end up with Riker in the long haul. Yeah. Is it also yeah. because Pulaski is not like a romantic? type of person and Maybe. to see her in a relationship and either is Worf by that exactly. standard and yeah. it would have been nice to see them like show I mean because they would have never had a schmoopy relationship no. you know ever but it would have been very very deep and that's why I liked when Worf finally was on DS9 and he got a relationship and yeah. got married and yeah. he met his equal and you're like oh okay so th- this is a character that just didn't get a lot of play on his own no. show because of the Picard data thing, exactly, you know, which exactly. is, mm, sorry, you know. I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. But I, I do think, um, back to Guinan. Yeah. Uh, but again, Crusher. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, so tra- I love, stuff, yeah. I'm, I'm, Everything. I'm pro Crusher and I'm also very pro Pulaski. I'm not anti Pulaski. No. Yeah. But gun to my head, I want Crusher. Honestly, I liked Pulaski <laughs> a lot better once Crusher came back and I'm like, yeah. oh, you didn't take her place anymore. So yeah. now I like you again. Uh, I, I, but I think the most interesting relationship um, that Guinan had it was with Ensign Rowe. It, you know, yeah. and here's a character that no one liked. No. I mean, and I mean on the show, not like the fans. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, she had her drama. She did bad things for whatever, you know, her, her drama with the Bajoran. Um, Marquis. 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 Yes, <laughs> that's such a stupid word and how it's spelled. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know it's a French thing. That's fine. Like, you know, no S's on there. That's like, fine. Every time I look at him, I'm like, that's not how that's said. No. Uh, but I love that first interaction that, you know, Rose by herself and Guinan's just like, hi, I'm going to sit and talk with you. And she's just like, who are you? Yeah. She's like, I'm Guinan. Yeah. And she's like, that doesn't answer shit. No, I know. Like, I know. She was, everybody else sort of took it for granted. They're like, oh, you're a person I should talk to. And she's like, what? Why? Yeah. Why should I talk to you? And I loved in the episode uh, Rascals, which is not considered a great episode, where uh, Guinan, Roe, Picard, and Keiko are turned into adolescents. Oh. And we do get to kind of see Guinan as a little kid. I thought it was so fun. I enjoyed the episode. It's not a great one, no, but it's a fun one. It and, is. you know, some of those are okay. Yeah. But I like that. Guinan is jumping on the bed and she's just like I have been a kid for a long time I'm going to enjoy my time and I love the scene with um, Little Roe and Whoopi just coloring and they didn't have to say anything and you're like this is a good scene even though this episode episode. isn't great as far as Star Trek is concerned but it is a great episode for character I will be honest I had completely forgotten about that episode until you mentioned it (laughs) well so does usually a lot of people I know but it was so cute it really was (laughs) sorry that's the doorbell just one minute (laughs) 
we had an unexpected visitor popped up at the door. <laughs> Actually, an expected visitor. Well, yes. Sorry, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So, uh, welcome, Jada. Hey, guys. Uh, we're just discussing Guinan. Yeah. Nice. And you like Guinan. Yes. All right. Nice. There, okay. What's well, not to love? <laughs> you're, you're caught up. Uh, <laughs> we were just talking about the, fr- the episode where they were all turned into little kids and she's jumping on the bed. I'm like, oh, oh I'd forgotten about that one. I love that was that awesome. one. Well, I was saying that it's not, maybe not considered a great Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun episode for characters, and yes. sometimes those always can be the favorite episodes yes. of fans. But they're not really the episodes you look at and go, "Oh, I can't wait to rewatch that multiple <laughs> times." High yeah. watermark for the show. Yeah, you're Maybe like, not, oh. but, you, know, you remember it, but then you're like, "Yeah, I've seen it once. I'm good. That's good." Uh, I do think that, um, but her her relationship with Ro, I think, was amazing and i really like because it not only it brought out the row character that we got to see because she came on like a big old ball of bitch yeah and you were just like i don't know if i'm gonna like this new character that you're going to try and pigeonhole into a show that i already have established people on and then she worked yeah and to the point where i really liked row as a character but it is a shame that you know, for whatever behind-the-scenes drama, you know, that Michelle Forbes wanted to leave the show to go on to a film career like Denise Crosby and all these stuff. And, like, didn't really work out. No, but you um, have to make that shot. You do. And, and you know, you know, yay for them. Yes. A lot um, of times it doesn't work out. No. no but... And, and But you know what? Sometimes you just have to, you know, do I want to take this? And, mm-hmm. and of course, to, that I'm saying it very, like, very matter of fact. Like they left to have a movie career. There was probably other things going on. They've exactly. all been very vocal about it, so yeah. you can always look that up. But it is funny that I do believe, if the rumor is correct, and I do not have a fact about this, <laughs> that uh, Roe is supposed to be Kira. Like Kira was supposed to be that character on oh, DS9. Is that they were going to incorporate Rose backstory into working in the Bajoran army and then yeah. being working for the Bajorans on DS9 yeah. which would have been interesting because I do like Rose a character but then that would have deprived us from having Kira exactly mm-hmm. and I like Kira so much better I anyway. do yeah. and, and it took me a couple seasons to get on board Kira because she is kind of venomous creature the first episode. She's not easy to like. Yeah, no. But when you find out why, you're like, oh, well then yeah, you have all rights to be this mean. But it's also, it's nice to have characters on a show that you're not supposed to necessarily like. We Mm -hmm. don't want everybody to be like, Oh, we love seeing you all because life is not like that. Yeah. You know? So. I, oh, go ahead. I just think that those characters make it. I personally always like those characters. I always like the people, the, the characters that people hate. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fun. I don't that's know what that says about fun. me, no, but that's good. <laughs> I like those characters. Yeah. I, I do, um, as we wrap up, and the, 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 a few things that I've enjoyed over the years that have guided centric is that. When I started becoming a fan of Doctor Who, I always thought, like, my God, this is... There are a lot of parallels. If it, Why isn't, in, in some weird world, why can't the Doctor meet Guinan and have a conversation? And I always wanted, always wanted it. And then it happened. And they did that comic book, the Doctor Who uh, Next Gen crossover. Yeah. Great story and concept on paper. Yeah. That the Borg and the Cybermen become one sentient thing. And then it's great how the TARDIS ends up on the holodeck and doesn't realize that they're in a 1940s holodeck situation. Yeah. All that's fantastic. And then that doctor has a conversation with Guinan, which is like just profoundly interesting. I would not... 
I would have preferred it be with 10 or 9. Sure. 11 is great, yeah. so I'm cool with it being with 11, but 10 or 9, I think, would have had more of a gravitas I conversation. So yeah. That's just a personal <laughs> fan <laughs> totally for me. Totally fine, totally fine. The sad part about that book is that the artwork is so goddamn terrible that you don't, you can't read it. It, 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 is, it lost it is, me. And I, I've mm. said before that I am, I have a real hard time reading any comic book that's about an existing movie or TV show yeah. because it's so hard for them to capture how the actors actually look. And if they're off in some way, my nerd brain can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're captured really, like I think the, the current Star Trek comic book the ongoing series off the jj verse mm-hmm. they do a really good job but they're also not trying to make them look like yeah, them there's to... just enough there you're like yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's fine i, I got it so yeah. much better with like stylistic choices mm-hmm. you know because if you're doing that where it's so obvious that you drew every single picture from a photograph and you're getting all yeah. the lines in the teeth and the face and everything i'm like now it just looks crazy. did you ever try to read the buffy comic book i did and it's hit or miss for me i'll tell you what it is well yeah the covers for those books are amazing Amazing. Oh, I the covers know. are great. Yeah. Always. All, all, covers are always fantastic. But there's no way you could do an entire book that looks like no. that. You know, take years. It's, it's so, Sarah Michelle Gellar has such a distinctive nose. Yeah. And when it's drawn wrong, yeah. that whole face just falls apart on that yeah. page. You're like, it would have been easier if you just made it a blonde girl. Yeah, I would have yeah. known it's Buffy yeah. because I'm not stupid and you tell me in dialogue. And those are most of the time that's what I like better anyway. Yeah. Just go ahead and stylize it and tell me who they are and now I'll have my picture of them in the TV show and this is my picture of them in the comic book. It's mm-hmm. like the artwork in the Doctor Who next-gen crossover is so bad. It's almost like I told a blind painter what... Guinan looked like oh. and this was his interpretation oh dear and I was just I'm reading going like you're ruining the one thing I've wanted it's so <laughs> funny that you say the blind painter because um, our, one of our co-workers has that had got it at first when it first came out or and uh, I was flipping, I, I didn't actually read the whole thing, I was flipping through it, and I'm like, oh my god, it looks like one of those things where you're blindfolded and you're telling the other person what it yeah, is. Yeah, no, and it's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be mean to the artists. I'm sure that they were paid great, yeah. and they, they, like, they did the dream. They got a career in being in comics. It's more than I've ever done. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But my god, if yeah. you're going to get to the dream... You need to do better. Than I, that. I just wish you. Would, oh, I oh, I just this feel is bad. It's kind of an afterthought. Like, okay, you've already banged all these other things out. Just do this real quick. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, some of the best episodes, I think, where we got to see a lot of Guinan um, things that kind of, you know, just kind of really. I mean, we spoke about most of them, but like uh, the episode of Night Terrors when no one can get um, REM sleep. Yes, and she uh, pulls out the big gun. Yeah. And she shoots like the Enterprise, and she's just like, that was level one, care for level two. Yes. And you're just like, yes, <laughs> shoot everybody. I want yeah. all the levels. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, shoot more guns. Um, I don't know which episode it is because I always have a time finding it. It's the one where um, her and Worf are in the holodeck shooting the guns. And it's so funny, is he's like, well, I'm at level 42. And she's like, oh, I guess I can come back down to that level for a while. And you're like, uh, Deja Q, where she stabs Q because yeah, yeah. he's human. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like, he's like, I'm human. Prove it. Stab. <laughs> human enough there to you me. Know. You know? I, I, I just, I think she is one of the greater characters that was written in a time that was needed something on the show. I don't want to say a resurgence mm. because the show is fine. Yeah. It was just she's adding flavor to an already flavorful dish. Yes. You know, and so much in fact that they put her on the posters. Like the 
coffee cup that I drink out of every time I come over here is Guinan's on that coffee oh, yeah. cup with that's a cast. One of the reasons why I like it, it's got Guinan and Crusher, therefore yeah. it's perfect. I do well, the one of the, her best episodes is yesterday's Enterprise when the Enterprise C comes through the the timeline yeah. and we get to see the battle Enterprise yeah. and the the Klingons are winning and we finally get well not finally it's not like I was hoping for it but <laughs> we get the Tasha Yar Guinan situation where like she's like you're not supposed to be here yeah. and she's like but why she's like I don't know yeah but you dead and yeah. I don't and it was a senseless death and you need to get back on that other ship I like the fact that they always addressed that it was senseless because it was kind of a dumb way oh it was just so like oh I can kill anybody anytime boom yeah look done. I did yeah. now what are you gonna do yeah. yeah which makes for a good villain it's true but unfortunately that villain was a giant tar <laughs> thing so you're just like, oh. like that's how they're gonna die though they did make up for it with a really nice little lovely speech that she gave out of the little crystal the speech is great and we also got to see i mean we got to see her come back a couple more times it's not like that was the weird part like denise left yeah still there once a season you're just like you still were on the show quite a lot for someone who left the you know the show because the fans liked her in a short amount of time i mean she's like i gotta pay my mortgage this month wrap me in place you know (laughs) then like and she she says that her and i i want to say rick berman one of them Came up with the concept of Sila, the the Romulan, right. which I don't know why she had to be blonde. I was like, we get it. You're Tasha Yar. You could have had black hair. And we still would have been like, oh, that's Tasha Yar's daughter. I don't know. I think they, <laughs> you they think the blonde like, weird bob cut worked on her? Well, no, but it's just that it was like Lois commented on her for the fans. That's you know, we want you to recognize her. It's been a while. You know? <laughs> You're just like. A while was it? We yeah. just saw you. <laughs> like, Either that or it's just like, yeah, she has blonde hair because human. Right. You know? there sure. You go. Oh, you know what? I'll give it to you. you Knock yeah. yourself yeah. out. Yeah. But I just remember when she came on the screen of it and was like, oh, it's Tasha Yar as a Romulan. Oh, that hair is awful. <laughs> it was. Like, even as like, I, I think I'm in like junior high. I'm like, no. It's not even, not even good for early 90s. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm like, whatever you're doing is bad. No. This is just, this doesn't work. No. I, oh, but yeah, but let's be honest. Romulans always had rough hair. Uh, rough hair, and I hate the shoulder pads. Hate, hate, hate. Yeah. Especially on the women. <laughs> like, yeah. it looks terrible. But. In Nemesis, they gave them a redesign. Every, like, the whole Romulan empire got like, yeah. a nice redesign. Yeah. And uh, uh, Dina Meyer is. Um, I don't remember. I know. <laughs> Commander Denatra. Oh, and yeah. Commander Nanatra wow. is not only is a great character because she goes on in the books, yeah. sexy as all hell. And yeah. her shoulder pad outfit, I mean, they scaled it back. The shoulder pads weren't so much Joan Crawford anymore. They were just kind of like, hey, this is normal. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun. You know, just as long as you don't go to that mid-80s stage yeah. of shoulder pads. They like, slimmed oh. everything down where you're like, oh, well, now that's an outfit it's I'm kind of into. Acceptable, yes. The, the pattern was still god-awful. Always is. Um, I don't. It's like you, you, like the Romulans are so superior, and you're just like, you guys look stupid. Yeah. When it, when you can say that the Vulcans dress better than you do, that's oh, really saying something. Yeah, and we've talked at length about the Vulcan yeah, yeah. before. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I do think that's just a weird thing. But I do, uh, I believe having Guinan force Picard to send Tasha is the catalyst for a lot of the drama that we later had with the character. Yeah. And and having Guinan, like we said, be in the first movie. Uh, and we also get to meet another Elorian with um, Malcolm McDowell's character. Because yeah. the whole time you get that whole thing like, oh, I'm Guinan, I like to listen. We're, we're a race of listeners. And I love it when he flips it and he's just he's like they say we're a race of listeners so Mr. LaForge I'm listening <laughs> and you're just like oh shit that's evil 
<laughs> but anybody else, it wouldn't have been good because Malcolm McDowell is a god among men. Yeah. So to hear him, he's one of those actors that I'm like, oh, you're just going to read the phone book? I'm cool. I'll sit there and listen. Yeah, That's here's, fine. Here's Take fifty dollars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, read. Start with the B's. <laughs> you know, uh, I I do, uh, but I like to go around. Why is Guinan important to you? Well, in on personal reasons why we like her so much. I it was one of the best created characters, and they trusted in the intelligence of the viewers. Is what I said that they never gave us too much information about her. They specifically said, "Here's a character. We will not tell you everything, and you're going to be fine with it." Because yeah. I think they baby viewers a lot of the time. It's like, "Here's this character. Here's what she means. Here's her backstory. Here's what she's all about." And with Guinan, it was just an accepted fact that it's like you will never know everything about her and I loved that and and back when she appeared that was like at the high point of her movie career I feel so Mm -hmm. she was so instantly recognizable we were prepared to like her before we ever even saw her and then they they rewarded that by giving us a really good character yeah if it had not been a good character for not only Whoopi to talent wise but if if the if the writing wasn't there, yeah. it would have been like, well, then what the fuck are you here? Yeah, we yeah. could have had anybody yeah. come in from the movie world and and said something poignant and go away. But there's something about the way she said it where you're like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know you came in at the last bit, yes. but you, uh, you um, are a Guinan fan, but you don't know as much as we did. But what made you like her so much? Well, from, you know, like Elizabeth said, she was full of mystery, and that uh, you know you always want to know more. About I want to you know I got to tune in every week to see if they give me any more tidbits about mm-hmm. her yeah. and that's my thing that's always a thing and a, a fanfic writer yes. you know we yes. make our own stuff up right. so if I had been a fic writer back then I would there's no telling what I would have made up in my head about what her whole story was exactly and I also I feel like she's who we want to be but mm-hmm. not unrealistically so because yeah. she's so she's so open people always want to talk to her she's so knowledgeable and wise but she still has like she has her prejudices and she has the things like she has people she generally dislikes she has the the things that have happened to her that have colored so it's like it's it's she's so admirable without being untouchable yeah and she can deliver any type of message yes. whether she's you know not necessarily insulting somebody, but telling a truth mm-hmm. to yeah. a person that, you know, maybe you, you don't want to hear. Yeah. And she just has this way of delivering it. And you're just like, mm, I want to be like that. Because, you know, we yeah. all have truths we want to tell people, but we're like, oh, we don't want to hurt the they other people. They don't want to hear it. Yeah, and I don't exactly. want anybody to be mad at me. And she's just like, yep, that's the way it is. You yeah. know, just a matter of fact. I, I, I think for me, that's, I yeah. She was always the embodiment of what humanity can be. Yes. Uh, her Picard data, of course, but like there was something about her specifically that she was this wonderful written character that was brought on to, you know, do whatever she was brought on to do, you know, uh, say, get the story moving forward and make us reflect in ourselves, which is what she did a lot for me, yeah. was making me look in within myself going like, oh, you know, maybe I can be a better person to say things right or wrong, yeah. but she was flawed, and I love that. Even though in her perfection, and she never said she was perfect. We yeah. just we're putting that on her because <laughs> we think she's perfect. But she is a flawed character, which makes it more realistic. Yes, in this universe that of Star Trek, where it's very black and white. There was, I mean, there are a lot of grays, mm. 
But when it comes to the main crew, it was very typically written black and white. We're going to have the happy ending at the end of our 44 minutes. Yes. And here comes a character that is like, well, not everything's going to be happy at yeah. the end of that 44 minutes. And not in a mean or sad way, but in a realistic, pragmatic yeah, that's way. That's what happens. Because yeah. that's life. Exactly. And to have the gravitas of Whoopi Goldberg, who at the time was a fucking juggernaut powerhouse of an actress. Yeah. I mean, the numbers do not lie on how many movies she had in number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is one of the only EGOT winners in the world. Yeah. Which, you know, and so... To see her do this, and, and like we said at the beginning of the show, where people deemed coming to TV as a negative, right. for her to be like, well, who gives a crap? I love this show. I, I want yeah. to be on it. Yeah. I think that is really what you know works for her character. And she's only done a very few con appearances i just found out she's going to the 50th oh. which was like a like a nut punch because oh. now i'm really mad that i can't go yeah. um but she does it only very few of them and i watched a video and if you love Guinan, if you just like Whoopi goldberg it's a good video to look up and that this um i want to say he was autistic i, I want to say that i can't okay. remember specifically but he was saying that he had um problems talking and he learned how to talk to people by watching her. Aww. And she starts crying, and he starts crying, and I'm crying, and everyone watching <laughs> the video is crying. And it was just, and that was to me what I think made her the best character is that you can love Data, Picard, and all the other people. They all speak to certain aspects, but I think Guinan speaks to everybody and everyone yes. in some way. Yeah. And I think that's why she's such an amazing character, mm. that that's why I like her. Yeah. To the fact that I'm fighting for that third action figure. I will, I'll get it. You, now, you so know. you got the second one in WonderCon, didn't you? She is Guinan in red. Nice. And I just got Guinan in blue. Nice. Now i got to get Guinan in the 1940s. She's a two-pack with Picard, the Dixon Hill. Oh, well, there, right there. <laughs> you know, that's it. You know, yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, of course. You need you need Captain Picard in the Dixon Hill outfit Definitely. with Guinan. Definitely. Yes. But I think it's... I think there's not much more to say, really. It's like That's why she's such an important character to me in my life. And I think that's why she's such an... Uh, important character in the Star Trek world yeah. is that even though the show's been gone for 30 years, she's still brought up in conversations. Like, oh, the, the guy in. Yes. You're just like, oh, yeah, there was guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I always think about her. She she had a few different hats that she wore from time to time, but most of the one, the big circle on the it was top. all about the circles. Yeah. I love that one. Let's be honest. Let's, the real reason? Hats. Yes. yes. It's all about the hats. Because not only could she fly, but so could the ship. So it's like, yes. Yeah, so. Yes. But uh, if what who is your favorite character? Why do you like Guinan? You, the listener, or mm-hmm. uh, write in, tell us uh, how you feel about Guinan. What was your favorite aspects of the character, and why she touched you in some weird way? Or if you didn't like her, I'd be interested to know why. Yeah, we wouldn't agree with you, but we would. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I will not look at you and be like, mm-hmm. No, he'll do it when you're not looking. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this is the Lost in Sci-Fi podcast. I'm, of course, Leland here with my good friend Elizabeth, and Jada came in for the last couple minutes. And you can always find us at pixelgeek.com, the Binary System podcast, the Movie Issues podcast. We're all over <laughs> the podcastic sphere. So yes. uh, thank you, and we will see you. No, you will not see us because we're not here. So you will. <laughs> (laughs) hear us soon. (laughs) Uh, Have a good week. Bye, guys. Bye.